I am uh, Ralph Shearing, President and CEO of Altale Mining Corporation. We are a growing producing company in Mexico with one mine operating, second mine coming on stream imminently, and we expect to be a mid-tier producer towards the end of this year. Ralph, good to meet you. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we've not met or spoken before, so I always like new stories coming onto the platform. Um, can we just kick off and try and understand who you are, what you've done, and what's relevant to the business that you're uh, now in charge of? Sure. Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Um, well, I'm a professional geologist. I'm actually an exploration geologist. I founded this company many years earlier than I'd care to admit at this point in time, but I'm a bit stubborn and I don't like to give up. So um, we, I started getting interested in Mexico in 95, found Tabometo in 97, and we acquired Campo Morado in 2017. Um, so, you know, I've had a long history of mineral exploration development. And then over the last five, six years, I've had a very good education in mining. And uh, we have a great team in Mexico. They're uh, pushing our projects, running them and uh, pushing them forward. We know how to operate in Mexico and we expect to continue to do so. Okay, fantastic. Look, doing the research on this project, I was sort of intrigued by bits of it and I didn't understand other bits of it. So for instance, when looking at your share price in sort of 2022, you get up to 80 cents, you're down at 34 cents now. So someone got excited about something uh, or someone got very disappointed about something. So what, what, what was happening around that time? What, what do we need to know? Well, we had uh, our funding fully in place for our Tawaweto construction. That's the gold mine we're, we're building and putting in production. And then the 12 million of that was with a Mexican bank called Ascendo Banco. Uh, we had drawn about half of that funding and then the, they got into some liquidity problems. The government pulled their license and that put them into receivership. So we lost that funding, the next $6 million. So that left us in a little bit of a hole, but our Campo Morado project was performing very well, making great money. We've been able to pull out about $8 million of free cash flow out of that to help continue to fund our Taweto project. And then we are just raising the private placement, finishing off a private placement now to, to provide any other money that we might need to bring the project into production. So, you know, as any project when you're getting it up and you're starting, just starting it up, there might be little problems. We were raising a small amount just to guard against those little problems if we run into them. So, saying, so where is it, where are you now with the balance sheet? Because I know it's the $5 million um, private placement um, recently. Um, was that just a topping up because the, the Tarawate project was taking a little bit longer to come online or was that to top up some other commitments elsewhere? Why did you raise that money, for instance? It was a protection, okay? Um, and and it, so like I mentioned just a minute ago, when you start up a project, you know, you, you never know what might happen when you're trying to get a mill up and running. This was a protection to guard against any problems we may have when we start up. So we just had enough money to complete the construction, get it up, but, but it was so tight that if anything went sideways, you know, we might, we might fall behind on our working capital. And that's why we raised that 5 million Canadian. So we're just finishing that off now. Right. Okay. And so, again, just let's stick with the money for, for a bit, if you don't mind. So you, you talk about, um, obviously, Q, Q4, you know, just under 20 million uh, bucks Canadian uh, net revenue, yeah, um, you know, up on Q3, Q2, etc. So the, the, the trend is quite nice there. What is the current cash position for you? We have, uh, with the private placing proceeds coming in now, we've got about four and a half million Canadian committed to that. And we have about three, three, three and a half million dollars US in the bank account right now. 
Right. So what's happening with all this cash that you're you're, you're throwing yeah. off? Because you talk about it's it, it's sure. a net revenue yeah. number. I, I guess at an yeah. asset level rather than company, right? Yeah. Uh, if you look at Campo Morado, it's thrown off about two and a half, three million dollars EBITDA monthly. So we are positive cash flow there. So that's obviously helping us a lot as well. But 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 what are you doing with that? Is that going up into Tarawetso, or is that going yeah. back into? Get up until up until we raised the private placement, it was flowing to to help fund Tawaweto. Now that we've got the private placement in, it can keep the money now and 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 start looking at future exploration, future improvements, um, debt payments, etc. Right. Okay. So uh, uh, when Tawaweto is up and running, obviously there's a ramp up period, which and we'll get into that in, in a in a second. But it. When do you think it'll stop needing to be subsidized by either fundraising or revenues coming out of, um, you know, um, Campo Morado? Within two to three months of, of initial production. So our initial production is 500 tons per day with one ball mill. Mid this year, the second ball mill should be operational. Um, you know, by the time that second ball mill becomes operational or very shortly thereafter, it'll be self-sufficient. Okay, understood. Okay, great. Well, let, let, let's come. Let's come to the project um, in, in a minute. So, can we talk about Campomrado? Obviously, um, actually, I tell you what, I want to talk about is is you and why you're back at the helm running this. That, that, that I want to get into that before we kind of get into you know what you've been able to do with you know improving efficiencies, etc. So, you've had to step back in to the breach here, haven't you? Yeah, we uh, in 2015. Very hard time in the industry. A company was about ready to go under, and I couldn't support it myself anymore. I met a Mexican group that came in, helped fund and get the company back on its feet, and really start to push the bulk sampling pre-production at Tabuleto. Um, um, in 2000, early 2020, the CEO and I got passed the CEO position over to the Mexican fellow that helped fund. In 2020, that the CEO resigned, and I came back in and took over the CEO position again, and and helped drive the company forward. Right. So, and, and what about the rest of the board? What's that look like? Yes, in. Uh, 2021, we had a reconstitution of the board. We brought in some very, very strong board of directors. Okay, um, you know, guy David Rhodes out of the UK, Endeavor Financial came in as a chairman. We have uh, two two really good technical people join the board. Uh, Tom Kelly, who's uh, 40 year plus underground mining experience, exactly the type of guy we need to to oversee and help us. And then uh, Mark Bailey, uh, former promoter and operator in Mexico. He, he ran Mindfinders for a long period of time. Excellent guy. You know, we just brought in a lot of extra help and corporate governance was brought into a much stronger role in the company with a, uh, another director called Natasha Kernan. She excels in corporate governance. She's a lawyer. Um, so, you know, we've really brought in a great team, great oversight and it's shown on the company's, uh, you know, performance. Right. Okay. So, Balance sheet needed a little little boost and sorting out. You put in a difficult position there by the the um, liquidity issues at, at, at that bank. You've changed the board um, with regards. So, so now, so let's, let's maybe get into the projects proper. So, um, when we're when we're looking at you know Campo Morado, obviously you know zinc prices are doing wonderful things at the moment, but it's fairly relatively low grade stuff. So you, you have to find make efficiencies. 
um, there and obviously rely on on the zinc price, um, you know, to help you do a little bit of heavy lifting there. But what what else is going on there? What what can we expect to see? Because obviously the money that's been produced there has gone up to um, the other project. Um, does it need a little bit of bit more love and attention from you and a little bit more money spent on it to kind of really make the thing sing? A couple of things about Camperado, and, and yes, it does need a bit love, love and care, and we're giving that to us. But uh, Camperado isn't necessarily a low-grade deposit. In fact, it's, it's a fairly high-grade volcanogenic mass of sulfide deposit, okay? It's got excellent precious metals um, and good zinc and good copper, but the metallurgy is tough on Camperado. So from, from the gold, I think we have about a, a gram, I think it's one point six grams gold per ton in the global average and we got 126 grams per ton silver on the global average the trouble is we're only getting about 15 20 percent of the gold right now and we're getting 30 40 percent of the silver so that makes it uh, you know a little difficult so it's known as a as a metallurgically difficult project however uh, we've been able to stabilize our recoveries especially in zinc um, and then we're doing what I term as a, as a full court press on metallurgy. We've been working on the metallurgy for about eight months now. And we've been testing pneumatic flotation, which is a flotation method that excels when you go to a microfine grind. And that's what we, it looks like we're going to have to do at Campomorado. Go down to a really fine grind in order to liberate your minerals, which should in, increase our, our recoveries. And then the gold and silver, we're going to be doing other testing to sort of um, forced oxidation and leaching testing and various ways to try and recover the gold. And our initial work is starting to show some, some promise. So we think we're going to be able to, in another quarter or so, have that figured out and know which directions we need to go to help increase the precious metal recovery. Plus, mid this month, late this month, we'll be starting to produce copper. We've only been producing a lead concentrate and a zinc concentrate, but we're moving to an ore body that has a higher grade copper. So we'll be producing a copper concentrate mid to late this month as well. And that's going to increase our, our revenue so, as well. Okay. And so that copper, when that copper circuit goes in, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see you know, what, that, what that looks like. So just, like, can you, just in, with regards to the concentrate and, and the difficulty around the, the recoveries, where are you looking to in terms of um, inspiration for how you improve things? Because you know there's there's a bit of a bit of science and a bit of black art in here too. What's who's the, who's the guy that's looking after, or who's the company looking after this? And you know what is the, what are the targets you're setting? Sure. So we've got um, you know a couple of good metallurgists on site, but we hired a very senior. A consulting metal, metallurgist named Rodrigo Canario, and he he's done an excellent job and step by step. You know, metallurgy is a, a slow process, step by step by step, um, and and testing this, testing that, and as you get success, you go on to the next stages. So he's been overseeing it, and then we we hired uh, a group out of the UK called Melbourne Mineral Services, and we brought one of their pilot plants on site. We tried that. Um, I don't believe we gave it as good a, a test as we could have because we didn't at that time, weren't able to get down to the microfine grind. Uh, so now we had, we we're just finishing up with a Jameson cell. That's a Glencore technology pilot plant that's been on site. We've had some good results on that. And we hope to test a, another one called Woodgrove, but we're not there yet. So all of these technologies are the kind of competing technologies to improve your, your base metal recoveries and, and precious metal recoveries. But the next stage after that is into this forced oxidation and leaching. And at Campo Morado, the previous owners went through first phase testing with 
the Albion process and the Leachox process, which are competing technologies for forced oxidation and leaching. And they were both really good. The fact that the Leachox came in and, and increased gold recoveries by 400%, up from 15 to 60% recoveries in gold on the tests that they did. And silver was up 200% from, from 30 40 to 80%. So that's what we're targeting. That's where we'd like to get to. Um, and it's, it, it, Camper marauder is even a little bit more difficult because each ore body is different than the other one. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of test work we need to do, but we're, we're show, starting to show progress. So we think we're going to get there. Okay. And so the, the, these, I mean, testing in a lab and, and, and testing at, you know, with, with bulk samples and then obviously trying to, you know, build it, well, did at economic levels. I mean, What's the time time frame we're looking at? Because that's impressive. Four hundred percent on the gold, brilliant. Two hundred percent on the silver, brilliant. But how long is it going to take? You know, how much how much more does it cost, and how does it affect you know margins? Like what more, much more are you going to make? Yeah. Okay. So, and I don't have all the answers to that. But what I can tell you is, we believe in 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 one more quarter, three to four months, we'll have our pathway. We'll have the testing completed. We'll know what works and what doesn't, and then. It's a matter of getting the engineers involved to, to first tech, pick the technology. If it's Albion, if it's Leachox, then you have to design the plant and find out what it's going to cost. And then you have to build it and fund it and build it. So I don't have a good feel for it. Um, what we believe we can do is uh, start out reprocessing one of the existing tailings facilities that has a lot of metal in it because you know, the, the recoveries were poor and there's so there's a lot of metal in that. It would simply be a regrind and a process through one of these pneumatic flotations and then uh, forced oxidation and leaching. Or we might even be able to, we, we've actually tested and made a pyrite concentrate. So if we can make a precious metal rich pyrite concentrate and sell that, then we don't need the capital to, to actually try to recover on site. We would get credit for the selling the pyrite concentrate with the gold. Okay, and so those are, you're going to have to go through a process of, well, sorry, let me ask the question. Are you going to have to do a study on that? Because you've got, to, you've got to work out, um, you know, there's a big cost to the kind of additional kind of capex and, and opex component to that for whatever upside you think or hope you can you can get. And you have to work out the economics, whether it's worth doing or not. So again, how long is that study process going to take? Each, either way we go, I mean, any one of the ways we go is going to need the cost estimate and a study to, to show the proper way, figure out what it's going to cost. And so I don't have the answer to you for you what our capital cost expectations are for that. Um, I don't believe they'll be large because of the way we're approaching it right now. If, we're, if the pyrite concentrate is saleable, then it's just a matter of flotation cells, pneumatic flotation cells, and a regrind. So that's not a huge cost. Um, but again, it's too early to tell. Right. No, but I was more asking about the, the time frame of, of a study like that. How long? Because sure. you, yeah. your shareholders are really looking right. Okay, we need to improve. Uh, recoveries, so we I need to work if if we can, what we can uh, get, um, you know, and how, how how the arena changes because sure. they know where you're at now. Can it get better, and how long is that going to take to to work out? Okay, so I, I would say answer that by the, it's a two step process. One uh, right now is the pneumatic flotation works to improve our base metal recoveries. That's an easy one. I mean, these pneumatic flotation cells are about a million dollars a piece, and they replace six, eight flotation cells that we already have. So we would need maybe one or two of those to install in, in the circuit that we have right now. That's simple, and, and, and that, that could happen really quickly. So let's say we, we figure out our pathway 
by the by mid this year, one more quarter. Um, and then if we need to fund a couple of pneumatic flotation cells, it's a matter of just we'll, we'll have the money from cash flow and, and just do it. It wouldn't be that onerous. The forced oxidation and leaching is going to be more capital. It's going to be, you know, I won't be able to give you a good answer of how much, but I would hope to have the engineering work. The, if we know what it, what the metallurgically or the metallurgical program is showing us by, by the end of the next quarter, then I would say we would be one more quarter to, to engineer it and then another quarter to raise the money, maybe early next year and start installing it. Got it. Understood. Okay, that, that, that's really useful. Well, so, I, and then, you know, that's a best guess at this point. For sure, for sure. Um, with regards to the, the, the kind of copper circuit um, coming on, online, um, you've obviously got some idea of economics in your in, in your head or you wouldn't be doing it. So what do you think that's going to add to the party? You know, it's a, it's a good question. I haven't looked hard at the, at the statements, but it's going to, I would say, it's going to increase our revenues by at least a quarter, maybe more than we already have. So if we did, you know, $19 million net revenue in Q4, um, let's add another quarter to that. Okay, so 23 and a half, 24, right? Okay. It's a good question. I better get back and study that a little bit more so I have that at the tip of my tongue. But, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So, so obviously, right. So I guess what I'm trying to do is, is I'm sorry, Campo Morado, you, you feel is in good hands with the team. They have been set some targets and some goals and they're working towards that, which is basically around let's get more out of the ore Let's reduce our cost by being way more efficient, um, and then see you know what the contribution from from that project is um, to the, I guess the company's bottom line rather than, than just the project bottom line. Okay, great, understood. I think I think I understand. So c- can we go up to Taraweto, uh, please? Was obviously sure. a new project. It, it's it's g- well. You're telling me it's going to be going into production imminently. What does that mean? I mean, in days. Okay. <laughs> Literally days, okay. So, and that with what we've installed one ball mill, it's all ready to go. We're just doing, going through a testing phase right now. So, in, in any new project, you know, any new construction project, you're going to have a period of time of testing things, making sure all the bugs are out of it. So, that started. Um, I'm hoping that by this weekend, we'll have the ball mill operating properly and then sometime next week start feeding or into it to start pre we call it pre-production because we're not allowed to call the regulars don't allow us to call it production until you've declared commercial production yeah so it's pre-production until we go into commercial production right okay so before i kind of get into the kind of questions around ramp, ramp up uh, etc is um you've obviously got the pre-feasibility study and updated mineral reserves uh, resource uh, estimate on that can you can you give us the kind of headline numbers just for people new to the story well, the resource reserves right now are about 3.8 million tons. Um, and it's, it's a bulk underground bulk mining method, sublevel stoping on that. So it's going to be low cost mining. Now we're about 2.8 grams gold, um, silver, maybe an, an ounce of silver per ton. And then zinc's probably two, two and a half percent. Um, so, you know, it's primarily a gold project. There's 70% of the value of this project is gold. And we'll produce about 25,000 ounces of pure gold on an annual basis at 1,000 tons per day. And we're going to, on a gold equivalent basis, probably in the 40 to 45,000 ounces if you include all metals to, to a gold equivalent. Okay, and, and, and what are the margins on that? Is, 
I get 2.8, I guess it's not too bad. Yeah, this is a robust project. So I mean, the cost, all in sustaining costs are estimated at about $865 per gold equivalent ounce. Right. So that's the all, all in sustaining. In, in terms of the, the water kind of pro, um, project, if, if we look at it, um, trying to understand what other investments going to be needed further down the line. What, what, what does this look like? When does it start standing its own two feet? Well, immediately. Well, okay. So we bring the second ball mill online uh, yeah. mid this year. Right. And it's already standing on its own two feet. Within a month, it should be cash positive. Okay. Okay, and that includes includes servicing debt, the whole works. It, it's a robust project. Right, and life, um, of, life, our, of, life of mine on that, sorry, just... It's about 10.9 years with that reserve. Okay. There's also an equivalent amount, just similar amount available in M&I resources. So, you know, if we brought that M&I resource up into reserve, we could double that mine life. So that's, you know, that 20 plus years mine life is, is, is fairly long. And then we see expansion possibilities. Uh, I'm, I know this project really well. I've been involved with it for 20 some odd years. And all we need to do is start drilling again and we can quickly add to the resources, the reserves and justify an expansion. I'm hoping to expand this project 1,500, 1,500 to 2,000 tons within the next year and a half to two years. And it's simply six months of drilling we should have enough resources to justify the expansion. And then we're built it modular so we can add to it and we can increase the size of it. So that's the hope. Well, okay, but let's, let's talk about that because I, I think it's something that it feels like this story needs, right? This story seems to have lurched from one set of problems to solve to the next set of problems to solve to finance it needs to raise. And look, don't get me wrong, I think you've been able to go and find money when you, when you, when you needed it. But it, do you know what I mean? If I'm looking in from outside, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, lost its sheen somewhat because you're, but despite, and I say that, and I mean that in a, in a, in a good way, in the sense that people aren't looking at production to production assets, um, but there's no, Blue sky, upside, no sex and sizzle to this thing anymore because you've been in problem solving mode. So talk, talk to me about the exploration component. Tell me about what you know and tell me about when you think you'll be able to allocate more money or um, a, 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 the, a, a, the right amount of money for it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, both of our projects have excellent exploration potential. I see great organic growth in both of these projects. Um, I am hoping that we will be able to start drilling in Tawaweto in Q4 of this year, and I think we can make that. Uh, once the project starts self-sustaining, cash is available, then we can start turning some drills. And I believe within three months to four months, that would give us enough resources to justify starting to plan expansion at Tawaweto. So you know, maybe we can start an expansion within late, the, late in the first year of production. Uh, full full scale production, so mid next year, start planning that and implementing it for the late late the following year. That's kind of the plan. Um, and you know, I, I a lot of people think I'm way overconfident on my assessment of exploration potential, but I, I tell you, this is an epithermal district, and we own eighty percent of the district, and we've only explored a one along one structure. And there is at least eight more that are mineralized that we haven't even looked at. And we haven't even found the limits of the mineralization to depth or a long strike on the one we, we have resources and reserves on. So the potential is enormous uh, and it's just a function of money to start developing it again. 
Okay, so it's big. It's big. It's district-wide potential. Sorry, we hear we hear a lot, um, but you've got to you've got to get out there and and start doing it and start chilling and. You know, how, how easy is that for you at the moment in terms of, you know, we people coming on here talking about supply chain issues and we can't get drills and we can't get teams and we, you know, how, how much are you in control of and how much do you have to buy in on the exploration side? We don't see any difficulty whatsoever of getting drills on site to, to explore. Maybe underground drills, um, primarily it's more cost effective. We now have the access underground from our development plan. And so as soon as we have the necessary cash, the drills that one drill, maybe two drills will go on, and we'll start drilling. Okay, and 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 I want to come. I want to come back to the um, cash that this Tawatai throws off because I'm trying to understand what you do with it. Okay, because there's a there's we, you're talking about um, both projects have expiration potential. Um, do you also need to do something else? Because you're saying you're saying to the market, "Hey, look at us. We've shown you that we can get into production in Mexico. We know what we're doing." Complex um, problems we've solved, but we've we've done it. We've got a project which which will in Tawate with a sort of post um, tax NPV five of you know 110, which is kind of it's okay, it's all right. You, you want to make that bigger for sure. Do you need to look elsewhere uh, or allocate your capital elsewhere on another project, which perhaps it isn't so difficult? <laughs> our, our our plans are threefold: explore at both Tabuweto and Campo Morado to increase resources reserve. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, no, there's, there's two, two prongs right there. Third one is search for and acquire, right? We want to grow this company. We want to, you know, we, we want to be, put our name on the map as a mid-tier to larger producer over the next three to five years. And, and we think we'll be a mid-tier producer at the end of this year with the two mines. Okay, so that that's the goals. Definitely acquire. We you know we're, we're, once we we want to get a better market cap so we can use our stock for acquisitions. Number one. So that's to me that's the end of this year. Our stock is a little hesitant right now because of a large debt load, because of a, you know the failure of the Mexican bank that hurt us quite a bit, um, and then delivering the delivering Tawato into production. Uh, we were slightly behind on that, but you know, when I look at a large-scale production project that's this in a remote area of Mexico, you know, one or two months isn't really that far behind. I've always said that we were hoping to get the mine into production near the end of 2021. Well, you know, we're still pretty close to near the end of 2021, slightly behind. So this, just it, so it's, it, given given the you know you're talking about remoteness and so forth and you know obviously we mentioned supply chain issues and uh, rising costs inflation etc for the i mean does are you concerned at all that your your costs are going to you know spiral out of control or uh, do you feel that, i don't know what, what do you feel about you know operating a mine in a remote district in mexico out of control no will the costs go up uh, they might go up all right but at the same time metal prices is going up and and remember tabueto is, is robust you know we're 850 dollar gold equivalent ounce production uh, all in sustaining so you know we've got a lot of profit margin there so we can sustain a little bit higher prices um we'll do our best to keep them low and we'll keep the project running as efficiently as possible but it, it's a it, it can take higher prices okay so if, if i sorry i'll go I'll get, get onto the zinc project so obviously zinc prices have you know have had a, a wonderful time for the last 
12, 12, 12, 18 months, right? You know, compared to wh where they were in, you know, 2020 even, um, certainly before that, you know, and they're, sing they're singing at the moment. But what, and, for, and we know the reasons why, right? So it's, it, it, it's all obvious. But for whatever reason, if the market goes a little bit quiet again, I mean, at what price do you get a little bit nervous about, um, you know, what, what you know, how you manage things at Campo Morado? Okay, so if we were producing steady state zinc as we have in the past couple of years, um, then you get nervous if zinc is approaching the dollar level. Our all-in sustaining costs through 2021 were calculated at about 87 cents per pound of zinc equivalent. All right, so when you're getting lower than a dollar, you're starting to stress your cash flows, your profit margin. That is if the project wasn't improved, all right? So we are improving it, number one, by introducing copper. We're gonna start producing copper. So that's a that's a big improvement right there. And then with all the metallurgical testing, we're hoping to bring those costs down or recoveries up uh, a lot more. So, you know, we'll see what develops, but maybe, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it, is, yeah it, if it, the project it does. doesn't change. Yeah. It, it does. Um, and then the next, the next following question from that is, if we look at the two projects, these kind of polymetallics, uh, projects as, as you position them. And this is why I mentioned the, the, the third arm here, which is the find and acquire or, or, or find and mm -hmm. bring on, however, um, advanced exploration development, development even, uh, cause you've got a certain set of skills is when you for something simpler <laughs> than the polymetallic, cause it, it, it's complicated, but it, I guess it, it reduces the competition somewhat, but, Surely, a, a simpler to understand and simpler to to manage project would also be quite nice in the portfolio. Oh, a pure a pure gold play or a pure copper play would be nice. Um, you know, we're not opposed to that, but we're not opposed to polymetallics. Polymetallics are they're good, and and you know, Mexico most of the gold and silver producers down there they're polymetallic producers. They don't say that, but they believe me, they're producing lead and zinc. But they're they're concentrating on the silver. Silver is and you know, first majestic or gold is in some of the other ones. So, but but believe me, if you look at their balance sheet, they are producing a bit of. But that, but that's my point. Sink. I think it's 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 hard for say retail investors or family office investors to understand polymetallics. So it, it kind of always has been. It was it was like that when I was in banking, quite frankly, with guys mm -hmm. you should know better. But in, in terms of telling the story and telling the narrative, it feels more complicated. People don't quite know where to look. Where, as I can understand why some of these maximum players just say, well, we're, we're silver. We're sil yeah. we'll focus on silver equivalent. It's easier to, easier to uh, sell, as, as it were. So, yeah, that's why it's, I asked the how, question. How you, how you dress you up and advertise yourself, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, once Tawata comes on stream, we'll, we'll have a good argument to say that we are a primary precious metal producer. All right. Um, and and we, may, we may start to market ourselves that way. But we have a strong base metal component, especially at Camp Rock. Okay, so right, so we, we, I've, heard, I've heard the story. Now, today's the first time we've spoken, right? So I'm just I'm more interested in hearing your your version of you know all, all the moving parts and you know how it's, how they've come together and what you've you know yet yet to do. So um, the the yet to do bit. Let, let, let's finish. Let's finish with that, right? So you've overcome a bunch of problems, difficulties. You're now going to have, or soon have, like two producing assets which you are going to make as efficient as possible. So that's great news, and the market will do, metal prices will do their thing for you too. So what are we looking at for the rest of this year from you, um, given that you've kind of really sort of got on top of the balance sheet side of things? Yeah, just increase your cash flows as much as possible. Start, you know, continuing to service our debt and, and 
and maybe even accelerate our debt payments and get that out of the way and then offer back. Um, what was the debt at the moment? We're about $38 million in debt. Okay. Uh, 27, 28 of that is to Traffic Air and Nearstar, our main uh, off taker. Um, the rest is one, a little bit to our major shareholder. So, you know, that Tabuweto alone can pay that off in about two and a half years. Okay. So, with Campo Morado performing very well, you know, we may be, able, may be able to pay that off in a year and a half or, or two years or just as quickly as we can. Um, now, that's primary we want to get done but really high in my priority list is get exploration going on both of these projects as fast as possible and and continue to look for another acquisition right and so, so obviously because you've got go off, off take there you aren't able to refinance them out that's by the terms of the deal presumably so that's not an option for you no it is i mean if we found a primary lender that could uh, give us uh, extend our terms the terms Two and a half years at Campo and three-year term paid back our debt at Tahueto. So if we were to find someone that was willing to step in and give us a five-year or eight-year term on that, that would really help because it would free up a lot of our cash flow. We could get our development expiration going quicker. Um, it just speed things up. So that's a possibility. So that's, that's a possibility. Yeah, it is definitely possible. Okay. And that's really interesting, especially around the expiration because it comes back to how much cash you're going to be able to throw off and how much free cash, more importantly, you're going to be able to throw off to put towards that Expiration component, because I think that's where you start to be able to talk the narrative around scale. You know, we, yes, we can exactly. take advantage of, because, you know, just otherwise the district is quite frankly, a, 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 no more than a, a liability and a, and a cost to you. So that's exciting. Um, if, if you can get to that point and maybe at some point look at, look at a refinance component. But anyway, Great. more for another, more for another discussion. Um, look, I appreciate your time today, Ralph. Uh, nice to hear the story. Um, I like problem solvers and I like the fact that you, you, you stepped in here and, uh, starting to get these things to, to, to move forward and also more importantly, take care of the money side of things too. So, um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to tell our story. I mean, I think we have a great story, and I think people um, should likely embrace it and get involved with us because we've got a good future ahead of ourselves.